Welcome to another episode of The Cubic Report. Today we have a special program with a guest that you may not have heard of before, but it's one who is a person that's come into my life here just in the past year, and actually through the Church of God Seventh Day, has become a friend. On Thursday, July 13th, 2023, Aaron and Michelle Dean, Bev and I were invited to the Church of God Seventh Day Conference held in Covington, Kentucky this year. About a thousand people were in attendance. It was quite an event. We were invited to dinner. We were guests of the president of the Church of God, Seventh Day, Lauren Stacy, and his wife, Karen, as well as that of Mike Wallace. And that is who is my guest this evening, Mike Wallace. We had a wonderful evening reminiscing about our recent relationship. In one sense, it was recent because we had many, many years where there was no relationship between the Church of God Seventh Day and the Worldwide Church of God and even the United Church of God. So at this time, I'd like to welcome Mike Wallace to the podcast. Thank you, Vic. It's it's nice to be on this with you. I'm sitting here. It's it's a dark where you are. The sun is just going down here in western Montana over the Bitterroot Mountains and starting to get a little bit of dark out there in the moon. It, it's just so beautiful. And it's a beautiful relationship that we have come upon, starting with how we got together last July. As a graduate of Ambassador College in, in 1982, and like you mentioned a moment ago, we have so many friends and people in common. I would just say that when the Worldwide Church of God destroyed itself and broke up, we all scattered. I ended up with my family being six years alone. We would create our own Feast of Tabernacles. We would keep the Sabbath, the Holy Days. Can't say I was the best at it, but we tried. Mm -hmm. And we accidentally found a, a congregation in the Church of God Seventh Day that we became associated with. And over the years, that has grown to the point that I'm now an elder in the Church of God Seventh Day. Mm -hmm. I'm the bottom of the bottom of elders, but still one. <laughs> and uh, when we had our biannual convention this year held in Covington, Kentucky. I approached Lauren Stacy, the president of Church of God Seventh Day, and I approached Aaron Dean, my friend of over 40 years, about getting together. Honestly, Victor, the, yeah, getting together, uh, you and your wife and Aaron and Michelle and Lauren and Karen Stacy was just wonderful. That was actually the first time I had ever met Lauren and Karen. Um, I had communicated with Lauren many times. But then getting together with you and my old friend Aaron, it was a beautiful evening of sitting together, breaking bread, discussing. And I remember at the end, one of the ladies said, wow, it's like we've all known each other forever. Mm -hmm. It was wonderful. You know, you know, you know, Mike. It, it really was an evening that was very special because I felt like I had never met Lauren. I had never met you. Uh, I hadn't even heard your name. If I had, I, I couldn't remember. The only Mike Wallace I knew was the one on television, and it was uh, you, you were so friendly with us, and we were starting to talk about people that we knew in common, and it went back to my first visit to the Church of God Seventh-day Headquarters in Broomfield, Colorado in 1993 when uh, Joe Tkach Jr., Mike Fizell, and I traveled to the headquarters there and met with the leadership of the Church of God Seventh-day 
and it was just a really wonderful event. But what what happened here in July reinforced and gave momentum to to that first visit. You know, for me, I was the facilitator, so I got to sit there for the most part and listen and add a few things. It was a wonderful convention, and I was so thankful that you and Aaron and your wives came to services with us that night and mm -hmm. worshiped with us mm -hmm. because we really are one body in, in Christ. And I hate, I hate to say it, when I took uh, leadership class for the Ardios Christian College, which is the uh, education arm of the Church of God's Seventh Day, mm -hmm. the first class I took was called leadership, and Lauren Stacy was actually the instructor. You know, I, I was there, and Lauren has been so full of grace towards me and so compassionate. And in the class, part of it was the history of the Church of God, Seventh Day, mm -hmm. which included Herbert Armstrong. Right. And the breakup. And I mentioned to Lauren in the class that most people think that Mr. Armstrong and Mr. Duggar split their ways because of the United States and Britain and prophecy and because of the Holy Days. And doctrinally, I, I would say, yes, that's correct. Mm -hmm. But there was a third area, and that was government. And I look back, and I think Mr. Duggar and Mr. Armstrong were very strong individuals. Maybe one could even say a little bit bullheaded. Mm -hmm. And they weren't going to get along on that one. The Church of God, Seventh Day, is more of a bottom-up government. Mm -hmm. Radio Church of God, Worldwide Church of God, became more of a top-down. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very, very sad that a precedent was set at that time of splitting. We don't get along, so we're going to have our own churches. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's a sad deal. When when I read in Ephesians chapter 4, and, and honestly, Vic, I think part of my ministry is being a unique individual as a graduate of Ambassador College and, you know, 40-plus years in Worldwide Church of God. This is Actually, I was baptized 47 years and two days ago. It's been a while. Uh -huh. But we're all one body, and we read that in the book of Ephesians, and we read that in 1 Corinthians. Mm -hmm. But Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, it's funny. I was reading this today before we got together, but it says there's one body, one spirit, just as you were called into one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And the experience we had of six years of being alone, creating our own festivals and then finding a small group and becoming involved like we did, to me is a miracle because we're one body. And the position I have, I really hope that I can facilitate meetings like we had in Covington between so many groups. You and I have talked. We have so many friends around this world. Mm -hmm. And we think of each other as the body of Christ. Since my first meeting, like I had mentioned in 1993, you know, we've had several more meetings, actually quite a few uh, meetings, uh, before even our Covington meeting here this past July. But we have been, I have been invited as a fraternal delegate to two different conferences, uh, one in uh, Minnesota, in the Twin Cities, and one in Denver. And then, of course, we were guests here in Covington. And I, I have... I have talked to a lot, a lot of the leadership. I uh, at the conference in Covington, it was good to see uh, people that were in various 
positions of, of leadership, including past presidents of the Church of God Seventh Day, like Wade Rose. Wade Rose and I had a very, very good conversation there. And it was just good to see friendship build up with more than just a single meeting, but over a series of meetings where we where we're kind to one another. We respect one another. We we show empathy towards the challenges that we have in wanting to preach the gospel. And I was just very, very impressed. Both Aaron and I were uh, very impressed with the work that you're doing with young adults and also with the work that is being done with Ardios, your education arm of the Church of God Seventh Day. I like what you said, and I appreciate the friendliness. One of the things that has been a blessing for myself and my family is I have found the Church of God Seventh Day to take very seriously the idea of loving your brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. They, you know, John thirteen thirty five. What's the greatest commandment? Well, you'll know them, my family, by how they love each other. I was a little at first. You you go to church and someone say, "Well, brother Mike or brother Vic or sister or this." Mm. And I realized later, they really mean it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just something that was said. It's a love that is in the heart of so many of the COG-7 people. Mm -hmm. It's it's a wonderful experience. Doctrinally, I would say COG-7 and United and the other break-offs from WCG were probably all 97% in agreement. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't see the need to argue over that 3%. Uh, We can discuss, we can do Bible studies together, but we are so much alike. I I have contact with many other organizations, you know, overseas in particular. Uh, Some of them are people that have been part of Church of God Seventh Day. Some of our people have gone to Church of God Seventh Day. It's gone back and forth. But I I, I like to focus on the things that we have in common first and foremost. And I know the issue of the Holy Days, the annual Sabbaths, uh, was kind of a sticky point. It had been with me and the leadership because they call, call them the other days and days that were not revealed at creation, what the Sabbath was. And, you know, there's a whole rationale for it. But then one, one of their leaders called me and said that they did make an exception or they did it, a, allow for people who do want to keep the Holy Days, the Feast of Tabernacles. So it's good to be able to have a rapprochement of being able to just kind of back off uh, on it. Said, but let's have a friendship and let's try to work through this rather than shun one another because we don't agree on that doctrine. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And it's an interesting story. One of our children went to university at Whitworth in Spokane, Washington. And we had made a tradition when we were alone, we had no church to go to, that wherever our kids went to college, we would create our own family feast of tabernacles and go to where they were and keep the family tradition, keep that alive. Mm-hmm. Well, we were in Spokane, and we're saying, where do we, you know, it's a Sabbath, can we go to church? And my wife and I remember Mr. Armstrong saying, you know, if there's no place to go, go to the Church of God Seventh Day. So we did. Mm-hmm. And I met Brian Larson over there, who was so kind and happy to see us. And they have this beautiful building that they own. And it was only about half full. 
And I was talking to him and he said, yeah, Mike, he said, you're here keeping the Feast of Tabernacles. About half my folks are gone this week keeping the Feast of Tabernacles. Mm -hmm. That was one of my first meetings ever with anybody in the Church of God's Seventh Day. And 10 years later, Brian Brian Larson over there is the one who ordained me an elder in the Church of God's Seventh Day. Mm -hmm. The early students of Ambassador College, going back to its earliest years, you know, in 40s, whatever, started 47, 48, some of the students would go in the summertime. They would go and work up in uh, the Northwest, and there was no church for them to attend. And uh, Mr. Armstrong just uh, told them, look, look, you just... Uh, uh, go to the Church of God Seventh Day, you know, uh, on the Sabbath and, and, and worship with them. I mean, there was no prohibition against that. And so uh, we've had a tradition, but at different times we kind of get tight with it and, and, and uh, uh, very, very protective of, of what we have, protective of our membership. And so I, I appreciate the fact that you, know, you and I can talk, that we can talk with uh, some people in the United Church of God, and also you have other people, too, from fellowships that we have been a part of or have been part of us, that we have discussions going back and forth. So I, I believe all this is very healthy. You know, you were talking earlier about the friendships that you and I have the same people that we have friendships. Mm -hmm. And when I was at Ambassador College, it was the tumultuous years, 1977-78 was my freshman year. I had a water polo scholarship, a swimming scholarship. My father had died in late 1976. My mm. mother had left the church. All I really had was the church and college. Mm -hmm. And then come that spring, that closed the college down. And so in a space of about 18 months, I had lost everything. My mother had quit attending. My father had died of cancer, a horrible cancer death. And my college, which was all I had left, was closed. Mm -hmm. I remember sitting in the auditorium sobbing uncontrollably. Mm -hmm. It was, to me, the world had ended. And fortunately... The next year was the Diploma of Biblical Studies year. and I had gone to Wyoming to live with the Glenn Weber family. And uh, Mom and Paul Weber were just wonderful to me. And got a phone call from the administration. I said, hey, we've got a one-year program. Would you like to come back? And as soon as I could get back to Pasadena, I was there. And Bonnie came back from Nova Scotia, who at the end of that next year became my wife. And we ended up spending three years as married students in Pasadena and graduating. But over those years, I taught swimming. I worked for Brunel Michael. I worked in recreation. I met most of the ministry as they filtered through for training. I taught most of the administration's families, children, how to swim, even some adults like uh, seniors. That was always fun. But to this day, I look back and some of those people have grown up, like Donnie Pinkston. Donnie's the assistant pastor at the West Coast Church of God in the San Fernando Valley. And the pastor there now is Rob Gordon. Well, I taught Donnie to swim, and Rob was my first roommate at Ambassador College and one of my groomsmen. And 
we have no separation with each other. We, we love each other dearly. Mm-hmm. And it, it's fantastic that, and I'm, I'm kind of known as no tech Mike, but getting on social media, I've been able to connect with long lost friends. And I think it's important that we continue to do that. You know, Mike, it's uh, Christ spoke about become fishers of men. You know, he used the analogy of fishing and uh, used that for, you know, evangelism. And all the work that you've done with swimming, you've become kind of a swimming coach for, <laughs> for the churches too, in a way, teaching people how to swim, you know, in, in an environment of uh, being able to survive spiritually. It's come down to that after all these years. It's been over 40 years. And I look back, and one of the things I learned in, in swimming, when I was a freshman at college, I was the long-distance swimmer. Mm-hmm. thousand yards, 40 lengths of the Ambassador College pool. I would compare sometimes, because I wasn't as fast as the sprinters, mm-hmm. you know, 50 yards down and back, or the 100-yard free, four lengths of the pool. I'd keep up with them. But man, they swim those four lengths. I got out of the pool, and they huffed and puffed. Oh, it's terrible. I'm so tired. And then I had to swim the thousand yard free, mm-hmm. 40 lengths of the pool. I've learned from that, that long distance swimming, Paul even talked about the runner who runs the race. Mm-hmm. You can't quit. You stick with it. You just go on and on. You learn to pace yourself during the race of life. During the swimming race, there's maybe you get a cramp. Maybe you hit your Achilles heel on the edge of the pool. I've done that. That hurts. Maybe you miss a breath, you miss a stroke, or something happens, but you just keep going. Now, the context is not just a singular event. The context is the whole, the time period, and like you said, the the long haul. And uh, that is something that we have to face as one of the lessons of life. Uh, we've had We've had to learn to be Christians in the truth. You know, Christians acting the truth of what we can say that you know that we we are part of the true church because we believe to a true doctrine but we also have to be acting as christians at the end of my tuesday bible studies with our, our online zoom bible study group because we're spread out i'm here in montana and i'm co-eldering the church of god's seventh day in colorado springs now um, for the last three years i was the elder and we finally got somebody there but at the end of my bible studies in the end of my sermons, I will often use the phrase, now go preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. And if you have to, say something. I've said that for several mm-hmm. years, and some of the members have started to repeat it. Well, lo and behold, I was reading a book on discipleship here about two weeks ago. I had no idea. Apparently, I heard that somewhere. But uh, Francis Assisi, the Catholic priest, is the one who apparently came up with that saying. Right. Go preach the gospel, and if you have to, say something. I never knew that. Yeah, I believe one of of the attributions was is that, you know, preach the gospel always. Use words if necessary. Yes. And so apparently I probably heard that somewhere. It it is a great saying. And how we live our lives, honey will attract more flies than than venom. Mm -hmm. And that love, and, and again, the Church of God's Seventh Day, they do have individually within their congregations people of great, great love. Mm-hmm. They just had the uh, their international ministerial conference in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. 
And I knew a number of people who went there. I was watching Jason Overman. He's the editor of the Bible Advocate. Jason was there. And three or four times a day, he's posting pictures of what's going on. What a wonderful. They had ministers, I think, from 40 countries, Ghana, South Sudan. I mean, one elder in the Church of God, Seventh-day, traveled from India. It took him five days to get to the conference because of visas, travel. And it was a spirit of complete love. Mm-hmm. It was really wonderful to see. I had no idea, but apparently in Nigeria, there's at least 50,000 members of the Church of God, Seventh-day. I've been told possibly 100,000. Mm-hmm. We'll use the 50 as a minimum. And I had no idea. I know that the Church of God, Seventh-day has great strength outside the United States as far as membership. I believe one number that you used uh, when we met in July is that there are a total of about 200,000 members of the Church of God, Seventh-day. I think that's probably fairly accurate. Could be more or less. I, I've, I've heard up to 300. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they know exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's an interesting group, and many of the churches outside of the United States are holy day keepers. Mm-hmm. They've come in, and I've heard that many have gone back and forth with United and Church of God Seventh Day, and it could, we have similar groups and similar thoughts. And I, it's a wonderful thing what I saw from Nigeria that conference. I am so excited about trying to get back together with friends. Because when Worldwide destroyed itself, and I believe it was purposeful and evil what Mm. was done. In 2018, I went uh, to Mizoram, which is a province in the far east of India, in the foothills of the Himalayas. And we do have a United Church of God. Actually, we have three United Church of God congregations uh, there. And and I was uh, actually there when we laid the cornerstone for one of the congregations. It was uh, an amazing and wonderful event. They've completed that building since that time. But we had uh, Sabbath services and meetings, and then we wanted to get together with other groups as well on Sunday, just just to talk. And uh, we had a meeting in the where we got a group together from Church of God Seventh Day, and some of them were even Churches of God Seventh Day that had separated one from another. It was a very interesting uh, meeting because the spirit of it was a healthy spirit. It's people who were curious. It was people who wanted to see some type of results and all. And our senior pastor and I were part of that meeting, and we really, really uh, found it to be very useful and something that could build on people even working together, while maintaining our identity. You know, people still want to maintain our identity, and I think that's right and good, you know, to, to stay with uh, carefully with the fundamental beliefs or statement of beliefs, however they wanted to phrase our basic dogmas. But at least we had a dialogue in progress, and it was healthy. It was all afternoon. We talked to people as, as a group, I think that, I'm not sure how many people were there, but 30, 40 people were in the room, men and women, you know, the wives of of, of the men. And then we had informal discussion afterwards. It was extremely healthy. You know, that's really good to hear. There's some folks I would like to mention who are not part of the Church of God's Seventh Day, but who have 
are, and are doing some wonderful work. Somebody you may know, somebody that Bonnie and I know very well because we've been friends for over 30 years, is Dan and Val Deininger here mm-hmm. in Montana. Mm-hmm. I, My wife and I attend Dan's United Bible Study on Wednesdays, and him and Val attend our Church of God Seventh-day Bible Study on Tuesday, all mm-hmm. on Zoom. Mm-hmm. It's it's and there's never an argument. It's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're able to get together with Dan and Val. We've taken them to our cabin. We went to the same college or the same church. We're one body. Mm-hmm. It's it's marvelous how we can cooperate like that and work together. Um, another person I, I would mention who's out there is Kelly McDonald, the president of the Bible Sabbath Association. Mm-hmm. He's an up and coming young man who does wonderful work. And somebody whom I had on our Tuesday Bible study is, was Daniel Russo of the Church of God Network. Mm-hmm. And I know you are aware of them. Yes, uh, all three of them very, very well. Dan Dininger is, is, is a yep. minister in Val. I, I know them very, very well. Dan Russo, we've done podcasts. I've been on his podcast. He's been on my podcast. And then the third person you mentioned, uh, who was that now? The, uh, Kelly McDonald. Oh, Kelly McDonald. You know, he was here for a seminar. He's quite a scholar. You know, he he really yes, he, he 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 gave me a binder of some of his writings. Done a lot of study into Sabbatarianism over the centuries. It was very very good material. Kelly is a tremendous historian. Right. Who loves the gospel? Will will he goes around? He speaks to different Sabbath keeping organizations. Does a, a tremendous work. Daniel, I'm so proud of those young kids because, well, even my son, Gordon, is one of the folks at the Church of God Network who helps out. Oh, okay. It's great. And Gordon's a member of United Church of God. But it's it's great. These people are out there putting activities together, bringing the Church of God back together. Well, and I think it's a very, very important thing to do. One very upcoming group just from the standpoint of just biology, is our young adults, which in some cases aren't all that young. You know, we we had this uh, uh, event here this last week where they had talked about young adults up to age 35. You know, 35 seems so so young because some of, some of the people who want to participate in this are up to age 50, consider the, themselves young. I'm in my 70s, and I still consider myself, you know, very young. But that's the group right now that is taking ownership of the church, not as something that's where they've come from or that's where their parents were or where they started. And they are the ones now who are taking a hold of it, wanting to see it not only survive, but also to preach that gospel and to expand that gospel message to others. And they want to do it on terms based on what's the best environment, what's the best way to do it, what's the best technology. You know, they want to be able to have a lot more say in how it's done. I appreciate the term you used of ownership with these young people. I've gotten to know some of them. They are bright people. And it's almost like they said, you know, we didn't get an ambassador college, so we're going to create a system of love and kindness and getting together. And whether it's United or Church of God's Seventh Day or Living or whatever the corporate part of the Church of God is, they don't care. They get together and they have a wonderful time, an ecumenical time, and there's no division in the body when they do that. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great example for all of us. I, I am very much in favor of that, of 
of uh, expanding and finding out ways in which we can have a momentum build up of of this type of goodwill and not a fear. I agree, and I I hope so. I think part of my ministry is I will be associated with the Colorado Springs Church of God Seventh Day for a very long time. I had been asked in 2019 to try to create a fellowship for the Church of God Seventh Day in Montana, and then COVID hit. There were some other problems that needed to be taken care of. I'm finally now getting back to Montana, but I believe that if we all work together and help each other, God will bless everything that we do. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to look at us. When Jesus returns and there's the marriage supper, like a friend of mine once said, who are you going to be sitting across at the table? We better get along with everybody, and we better remember when Passover comes, whose feet are we going to wash? Mm-hmm. Jesus even washed Judas's feet. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a great example loving each other and being together. And another one is the seven churches of Revelation 2 and 3. When John talks about them, he gives their pros and cons, and some of them are pretty negative. Mm -hmm. But he never says none of them aren't Christian. They're all Christians. They're needing help. They're needing to be with each other. Hopefully, we can all think of things in that way. I look forward to being with my friends Rob Gordon and Donnie Pinkston in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I've known, like I said, Rob was one of my groomsmen, and I've known Donnie. I can picture his smiling five-year-old face in the swimming pool <laughs> where he was just so full of enthusiasm. The friendships that we've made over the years are wonderful. It's unfortunate some of the folks that we've known and loved have left I will just say, left the faith. It saddens me. My dean of students, first person I ever met in the Worldwide Church of God, um, my good friend at recreation, different people mm-hmm. that I knew so well, and they led the church astray. It was, it was a sad chapter, and I so appreciated the kindness and the love, the friendship and the fellowship that we had in Covington. The next Sunday... Tim Welch came and picked me up. We went, we went over to Mark and Barb's house, and Barb was up in Alaska. The funny thing is, Tim was also my roommate. Tim, Welch, Rob Gordon, and me were freshman roommates together. Barb was on the swim team. These people I've known since 1977. When the church broke up, we went different paths, and I don't blame anybody for where they went. But it's so wonderful to be getting back together and having that loving, friendly, Philadelphia-type relationship. It's it's beautiful to me, Victor. Well, someday Christ somehow is going to have to bring people together. I feel like right now we live in a time where we have the freedom to do good and bad. But there will come a time when we have common enemies where we will not be asking some of the silly, irrelevant questions uh, about one another, but saying, what can we do together to uh, bring unity? And some of it's going to have to be induced from the outside about what the truth is. Of course, we don't want to give up on the truth that we have. One thing about like the United Church of God, we have 20 fundamentals of belief that are just the core beliefs that 
we just can't give up on them. You know, we're not going to compromise on them. But I think we need to be able to talk, uh, you know, to others about things. And you mentioned even the Church of God Seventh Day. One of the issues was government with uh, Mr. Armstrong. It was government, the Holy Days, uh, and and the Sabbaths uh, back then. And and that still is an issue. You know, even among the people that have split off from Worldwide Church of God, uh, some have stronger view of government. Uh, others, like the United Church of God, really has a different uh, structure of government from the way we started because we were so dominated by one person or an oligarchy of people that changed a huge church, a church of 150,000 people in attendance weekly just at, at a whim, you know, over a short period of time. And, you know, we didn't want to subject ourselves to that, so we developed a structure of council of elders and the general conference of elders that votes in the council of elders that then elect select the president of the church so i i'm just saying is that uh, there are differences and we have to understand why those differences are there and uh, how we could live with them all these split offs united church of god seventh day all of us when we look together we're easily 97 plus percent doctrinally in agreement and i doubt anybody would divorce their spouse because there were three percent of the things you didn't agree on Mm -hmm. you have 97 percent. that's fantastic the other three you can discuss i appreciate this opportunity to to be with you vic and to get to know you dinner again was fantastic and i'm hoping that as time goes by that i can be used as a go-between it's a love of mine to try to be able to do that. And that's, that's wonderfully stated. I, I appreciate that very, very much. I, I do believe that we could work on things and things that are too difficult. Instead of separating over them, put it into some kind of a sandbox or put them on a shelf until we find the right environment to deal with those issues. So I, I, I know what you're saying, Mike, and let's, let's keep talking. Let's, let's keep working. I'm looking forward to talking to Lauren Stacy again as well and follow up on our visit from July. I appreciate that. Thank you, Victor, for putting this together and we'll see each other soon. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us here on my podcast. I know that this will be of interest to people who you know, wonder. There's a lot more things that could be said about some of the discussions that we've had with your group and with other group. People don't realize that there is discussion going on and uh, perhaps they will yield and not perhaps, but I know that they will yield some, some good results. So thank you for joining us today, Mike. You're welcome, Victor. Good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to us today on The Cubic Report. We welcome you to share this podcast and tell your friends about it. We can be found on a variety of platforms, including Apple and Google Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, and many other platforms. You can easily find us at any browser address box by typing in the words, The Cubic Report, and there we are. Remember, Cubic is spelled K-U-B-I-K. We'd love to hear from you. Write to us at vcubic at gmail.com. That's V-K-U-B-I-K at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Come back soon for more.